by episode, storyline by storyline, character by character, as we break down the making of your favorite zip code with your host, <laughs> Charles Rose. Did I say that? Harry Mullen. this thing about the, the, the real person, and we go, what? We're getting rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> Kathleen <laughs> looks crush, TV crushworthy. Like so many special guests, and all your questions. Live on the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Oh, yeah. Hey, here we are on the Beverly Hills 90210 show with the very controversial opening of Everybody Dance Now. Wait a second. You know, I I meant to say, uh, Chip, Chuck wishes he could be here. He thought he was going to see you last week. He really sends his best regards. Totally remembers so fondly of you. And before I forget... Besides Drew Kenny, it was also Chuck. Drew Kenny got in touch with everybody and was like, please make sure you say hello to Chip. Yes. Oh, oh, that's so sweet. But when Chuck Uh, found out that Chip was coming on, he went, oh, this is great, Chuck. I really like Chip. And the reason, let me introduce everybody to Chip. Chip was the director of 90210. You've done a bunch of episodes. Of course, we're talking about a couple from season seven. Uh, When did you come into the world of 90210? Was it way before this? It was uh, season four. Four. I missed the first three. Okay. Because I was I was doing another uh, television show that the boss had uh, created. <laughs> well, I guess Darren did, but uh, um, had to do with uh, uh, Melrose something. And um, when, once I started rolling with those, and we had a little time off, Paul Wagner, one of the uh, the line producer, started saying, "Let's get him over here. Let's get him over here." And so. They would they would trade back and forth, but I I loved both shows and Larry and Chuck and everybody over there just great just great writing great producers love them. Awesome. All right, well Larry, you are on the East Coast still. How are things going there? Before we bring on our, uh, our good, uh, you know, summer's gonna you know start you know blasting through this island and you know there'll be lots of stuff going on, but it's been really great. I've been clamming and cooking and you know finishing up my third novel nice uh the last of the max dean series uh larrymullen.com if you want to get the other two i would certainly suggest it nothing to do with 90210 adult literature um but yeah that's been good and that uh, you know looking again at season seven is always traumatic for me and because i really have not seen it since since its inception since we first broadcast and uh, it's fun to see and, and to and to reassess and and just to see the uh, the faces again of uh, of our comrades like Chip. Yeah, well, listen, I got to tell you, we have a special a bunch of special guests coming. Yeah. On. Let's bring Dan on. Now, this has been crazy because Dan, Dan, good to see you, man. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much. What's yeah. awesome is the, the the excitement about you coming on the show has just been awesome, man. I mean, like fans have been messaging and just, just super excited to you see you. How have you been, man? How how has the last twenty somewhat years been going? <laughs> uh, alive, that's good. That's good. Very good. Yes. Um. Yeah, I've been great, man. And you know, uh, it's interesting. You're in New York City. My son lives in New York City, uh, in um, in Manhattan right now. Oh, very uh, good. So uh, he's there as well. Um, and I lived in Manhattan for four years. I don't know if you lived there then. I lived there from 2003 to 2007. So I was 
I like to live there, so I worked in the city for four years. It was pretty cool. I loved it. Larry's a West Coaster visiting the East Coast, right? Oh, you're just yeah, I live here part of the year. I do, I do oh, live okay. here part of the year. Well, yeah. speaking of all these fans that wanted to say hello to you, uh, Dan, here is uh, Leanne. Leanne is a super oh, fan, yes. and we just absolutely had to speak to you. So all you have to do here is just ask. <laughs> and we put, you, we put you right through. So, hey, Leanne, good seeing you. How are things? For sure. Go ahead. The floor is yours. Say hello to Dan. I wish I would have had the dexterity of a rubber ball back then. Well, people have been asking about a lot of things. We have you here about 90210, but they mentioned the Teen Witch. They mentioned you did Save by the Bell. So this, this was your jam back in the day, right? Yes. Because, because um, Save by the Bell, you know, crossed over in a sense to 90210, obviously. And uh, so I had done that before that. And also I did a movie with the son-in-law. And so those those all crossed over with characters. So it's kind of interesting that everybody. Of course, Paulie Shore was on nine hundred two zero. That's right. Yeah. Was he on nine hundred two zero? Was he really? Yeah, he was. He he, <laughs> in the classic end of season six, uh, he starts a bar fight. He looks actually like you <laughs> in the uh, in the episode. Yeah, 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 he, he's a he's like a, a you know a sea a seafront of bar. He kind of starts a bar fight. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, all those shows were very popular. Lynn, anything you want to ask Dan about this or about anything in his career while we have you here, and then we'll say goodbye? Yes. Um, well, what was your favorite part about working on 90210? Uh, well, I mean, I guess it was just because uh, Jason and uh, had been a friend of mine before he got that show, and uh, we were kind of auditioning against each other and stuff like that. Um, and he was really good friends with a friend of mine. They were like best friends. And so I knew him and had spent some time with him and hanging out. So, so it was fun to go on to the show. And by the time I was on the show, it was like the seventh season, I think you guys said. Um, he was already executive producer. And so it was fun to, to see him, you know, in that capacity and stuff. That was a lot of fun. And, of course, there was other people that I worked with as well on the show. So it was fun for me to just see people that I knew and then just to be on the show. And I, I was going to ask Chip really quick, not to interrupt this schedule, but Chip, I, I think it was on Melrose after 90210 because you directed me on Melrose too, correct? Am I wrong? Yes. Yeah. So it was, but that was after, I believe, wasn't it? I, th I think you and I had a contract. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was an entry like a horse race. Really, like I was on, I was on 90210, and I think the next year I might have been on Melrose Place. Yeah, like they poached from us. Yeah, so it's something like that. <laughs> by the bell. And I have to say, I, I really do have to say this. Um, Chip was just a, a great to me. I mean, he, you know, he was a, he really celebrated me and was really uh, supportive of me and stuff like that. And it was always really nice to work with him because he, you know, welcomed you with a smile. He's so positive and he's just awesome on the set. So I really appreciate that, Chip. Thanks, Chip. Awesome. All right, we're going to say goodbye to Leanne. Thank you. I will see you in the after dark. Bye, bye, Leanne. Bye. All right. And let's bring on uh, Dick's girlfriend. Uh, here we have Julie Nathanson, who was Ellen, I think, on the in the episode. How are you? 
I'm all right, thanks. How are you? She was on many episodes, I think. She was on at least four episodes, I would say. That's right. I believe there were five. And Larry, if five. I remember correctly, you created Ellen Fogarty. I think I, I would put you in because I collected the character payment as we do that. Oh, but uh, we should also give the disclaimer that Julie Nathanson is Jessica Klein's cousin. That is true. That is true. And uh, and Jessica always reminds me that she recused herself of all of the casting experiences, which, you know, I hope is true, but at least I've been able to continue to work afterwards. So I'll, I'll try not to, uh, I th I think to you, separate. Did, did you work in the office also? I, uh, I did not. not. Into, just on the show. Yeah. Anyway, just on the show. It was a, a wonderful, uh, and I see that you've become a voice actress like extraordinaire with like a billion, a billion voice credits, one of the best jobs in Hollywood. Dan, yeah, did you ever do any voice work? It's it's, it's the I greatest. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I tried. I was on a I was on a sitcom on the WB when it first came out, the, the very first season of of that new network. Remember when Paramount and WB came out? Sure. And, and they they. I almost became the voice of the WB. It was like down the oh. <laughs> Got it, but it was that's like- Actor's dream. That was close. And that, that's my my claim to fame of almost becoming a voice Almost, actor. yeah. Pro promo gigs are, are fantastic. Any kind of regular gig you can get is always wonderful. And, and you know, recurring on 90210 was, was semi-regular, which was amazing. And and yeah, I've been very lucky to, to find a real home in voiceover. I've been doing it for a really long time, and uh, and it's really fun. It's it's very different from on camera. I don't really do on camera anymore. Um, I didn't fall out of love with it, but voiceover really came calling, and I've done tons of video games and animated series, and just had Batman along Halloween come out. So like, it's so fun and eclectic and varied. But you know, my my days on nine hundred two and my experiences with you guys. Dan, it's wild to see you alive. Um, you know, that was, that was like a hugely pivotal experience in my life, you know, and an incredible thing to do right out of the gate, you know, right. just starting. I mean, we, we do have you emoting pretty good. I mean, Chip really has you going. By the way, Chip, and if we're talking about a straight shooter, I mean, it's a really, I hadn't seen it. I was really, it was really, really well done. I was pretty ha happy about it. And I know it was award winning, I hear too. It was. It was, yeah, yeah, and you wrote it, so you should know. I know. I can't, I never got the invitation to go to the award ceremony. I just oh, don't know yeah. why. What could they, have happened? They Brought they in the mail. No, they basically locked me out after. Here's, here's, a, here's our award. Oh. <laughs> don't feel too bad. Oh God! <laughs> I can understand why though, because it was coming off of the uh, the whole River Phoenix thing at the Viper Club, yes. where you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, just just to jump in there, P. I mean, we I, looking at the housewarming, you know, how with the character, how he was presented, Phi Beta Kappa. He's going to Stanford. He's he's like better than Steve Sanders. He looks better. Steve looks up to him. It was really a good character we created. I was pretty happy with that. Uh, and then we're going to bring him down just to make a terrible tragedy. And we gave you a good crying scene too. I noticed there too. Chip really got some emotion. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, you mean. Um, um, uh, iron at the end, you mean? Oh, iron. I mean, there's a lot of crime. I know, Steve, we we're, we're going to get into I know, Pete, I, I don't want to take away Pete's uh, agenda here, but yeah, sure. iron, it was an episode basically in a storyline that we wanted, you know, to give iron a chance to really uh, get into something. And, you know, we just tried to create a, a character that he, he looked up to. And then, of course, he takes his girl. We have a triangle with uh, you Claire. and Kathleen Robertson, the Claire character. 
Um, and you know, we, you know, again, uh, you served the show great. I mean, that's how we, we looked at it. But then we so, killed. Then we killed you. <laughs> so Dan, do you remember? I mean, you said you were friends with Jason, but do you remember coming into the show and what that process was like for you? Uh, I remember that Ian was great. Um, Ian, sorry, I worked Ian. with. Ian. I don't know what, which is it. Ian or Ian? Ian. Yeah, yeah, because I worked with a producer that was the opposite, so I always mess those up. Um, he was fantastic to me. Actually, he was really warm and kind and like you know he was like hey dude let's go for a ride in my car let's bs you know and stuff so we had a really good time and we really we had fun together it was great i, I had a great time on the show and i just really enjoyed it like i said now we're with chip and all the directors on that show and you know like chip was saying earlier before we got on air that show that in Melrose place and those things just ran like a well-oiled machine i mean they were really well done as far as just the production of it and there was no wasted time. It was just really well done. So when you were on there, you really felt like you were doing something that was professional and really, you know, looked after and stuff. So it was really a, a pleasure to be on that. So, did, sure. did you audition for the show? I, I think so. I, I, yeah. I, I did, uh, Chip, I did audition for you for that. Unless I auditioned for other things that was that. I, I think it was that show. I think it was 90210. Yeah, so I think what happened. But as I did 90210, and then Aaron offered me Noro's place. They saw, they saw the 90210, and they cast yeah, you in. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, again, we would, we would do these deals like 7 out of 13 uh, deals. That was the, right. kind of the, the structure of the deal then. I think you want them doing seven episodes, we know. Is that what it was? Was it seven? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what that, that's the kind of deals we made then, you know. Yeah, you know so I think, I think I did seven, and then I did eight or something like that of Melrose Place and then I was supposed to become a regular on Melrose Place I think and then they canceled the show but they brought it back for one more season and they just got rid of everybody except the main characters or something like that for the last season I don't know I might be wrong I might be making that up I think maybe just for my ego your agent told you that. Was an agent story. Well, let's go with that story. I think that was that was exactly. Uh, uh, yeah. The things we do to get by in Hollywood is great. <laughs> Larry, there's a lot of things that Dick's or Dan does as Dick. Um, he's got this. Then he does the boat race with Steve. Right? There's that that little the arc. Crew, yeah, we had a chance to again show something in L.A. that we, we hadn't really seen, like uh, you know the college uh, competitive rowing. Yeah, which we don't see a lot of. And then no, I, I, I don't know what episode that's in. I'm looking forward to seeing it. But I, but as you get to that, you play some basketball in this thing, and Chip did some really good shooting of the basketball, yeah. I thought. Uh, right away, we're looking good there. So yeah, that was a good thing to, to get to meet the guys you throw the ball around. I, was that shot early in the uh, in the in the thing? I was curious about that. It, it actually was. It was. I thought it would be. It's a good ball yeah. schedule it that way for that reason. Just right, because nice it was a up. smaller. Just the three of them. Yeah, and we could work on you know, um, you know, as, as a director, I have each shot written down so that editors can put it all together and make it make sense. Uh, but um, yeah, I think we did that first. Uh, yeah, I felt that, and you know, that's a good setup there. You guys, he's smoking, he's smoking off off screen, and uh, right. And you, you know, you, I have to say, Dan, you you sold that stoner thing. <laughs> as a stoner, as a lifelong stoner myself, I was pretty happy with your performance. Uh, I know uh, yeah. Yeah. Me that we that we use marijuana as a gateway to heroin, but uh, <laughs> sometimes if the dealer has something really cool and you're like a bulletproof character, you can't get hurt. Like Len Bias from the Boston, you know, the ball, you know, the Boston Celtics or anybody else. Uh, yeah. One of the things you were we were talking about uh, that you guys were talking about last week were was uh, honesty. 
um, because I, I will stop an actor and say, stop acting. You know, I, I need honesty. And one of the things Dan always did was, you know, even if he's playing a little bit stoned, you believe it because he's not going way over the top. Right. It's easy to go way over the top with drunk or stoned, but he, he was played it beautifully, beautifully. Yeah, I remember because I watched, you know, I, I, go, go ahead, Julie. Sorry. Well, I was, you know, thinking about the episode and, and watching it again. Um, the moment when we're at, you know, Peach, Peach Pit After Dark and, and Dick spills his drink, you know, that I sort of noticed that the reactions we each had to each other were relatively subtle considering what was happening around us. That's right. And and that really was, Dan, so part and parcel to your, you know, playing it more real and being more real in that moment. Um, you know, I also remember, you know, in the following scenes that become much more dramatic and traumatic that, you know, especially watching your performance again, it's, you know, that's really tough stuff to be able to get across and have it land in a real way. Um, and so, you know, nice job, man. <laughs> well, I mean, Dan, I'm curious. When you looked back on this, you watched the episode, I'm sure. When you look, you're, and I know that you're, you're, you, you, I noticed that you have an acting studio, right? You're, you're teaching. When you look back at yourself all these years later, I mean, it really is f fantastic stuff from the, from the scene where your character dies to the drugs and all that stuff. Um, are you, were you impressed with yourself looking back? Because it was really good stuff, man. <laughs> I impressed with myself. You know, I wasn't as horrified as I thought I was going to be. <laughs> exactly. That's um, how usually I feel. Actually, I understand I, that. Yeah, I actually, I actually expected it to be worse. Um, so, so I am teaching acting class, and it's, and it's. I can't tell you how nice it is for you to say something like that to me, Chip, uh, about honesty, because uh, that's what my class is all about: is honesty, improvisational honesty, and exploring yep. things that that are really organic and truthful, and so. And so I don't know if I had a concept of that so much back then that, you know, it just, if it happened, it happened because, you know, maybe I felt really comfortable and had a lot of confidence because of someone like you on the set, uh, which makes a difference, right? So I felt, and I did, by the way, that's why I thanked you about that, because it does make a big difference to have people that make you and help you feel confident, right? And confidence is everything for an actor. It's everything. I mean, you can, right now, you can ask Meryl Streep and she'll go, yeah, the first day I went on the set, you know, she's the greatest actor alive, basically. And the first day I'm on the set, I'm nervous, right? Mm. So when you have somebody that makes you feel confident and makes you feel comfortable, then you're much more creative. And you're willing to take chances and try things and look for guidance. And, you know, all that works together. And so that's why I thank you, because obviously when I look back at it, I was like, wow, I must have felt pretty confident, you know, because I hadn't thought about it or whatever. And I must have felt pretty confident because it looks like I'm pretty free. Like I'm pretty free and I'm not questioning, not, I'm, not, I'm not thinking, I'm not in my head or anything, I can tell. And I think that's, that's an agreed to you being on the set and being so supporting. So, you know, it makes a big difference, you know. Also has something to do with words. I don't think we could do anything without words, uh, Larry. Well, we wanted him to play a cocky character and somehow it came very easy to him. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of a cocky character. He's got everything. He's totally bulletproof. You know, he's got a lot. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, it's interesting, about, it's interesting about that, you know, because because if you write it like that, I don't have to do anything. 
And that's and that's and that's the key. When when somebody's saying, I got the greatest stuff in the world, man, come in, no problem. Don't worry about it. You come off arrogant and cocky like the world can't touch you, and that's because of the way you wrote it. I don't have to. Well, do thanks. Um, yeah, uh, you know, we, we depend. We depended on the actors to really uh, and the director to really, uh, you know, sell what we were doing, and uh, and that was what was fun. We had people, we you know, we were all on the same wavelength, and and everyone bought in, you know, in, into this world. It was important to everybody. It was, and it was, the, if there was competition, it was, uh, you know, to make everybody better. I want to shout out some people that are shouting you out, Dan. Uh, some people are saying that's my coach, Dan. <laughs> Marcy says, "Yes, Dan is an awesome teacher. Take us." Ah, getting some endorsements here, right? Yeah, that's good. His advice and guidance has been leaps and bounds for me. So, lots of nice stuff. Um, you know, I know it's a little early in the show to talk about this, but the the, the scene where where Dick where Dick dies, right? You know, as an acting teacher now, I mean, sometimes a death scene could be really awkward, but this is sold so well. You know what I mean? And this has got a lot to do with Chip and obviously a lot to do with Dan. I want to talk about... And Ian. Of course, Ian as well. Well, everybody involved. Yeah. So let's talk to Chip about the, this, the scene where we see Dick's character die. Um, one of the things about that is not, uh, is not going overboard again. When Ian could have easily you know, gotten frantic about it, but uh, it, it got very, very serious and very composed. So I, he did a brilliant job. Um, I don't I don't know what it's like to die. So Dan, you know, we're just, we're, you know, you obviously were affecting Ian. And all I had to do was get in really, really tight to, to see it on your face, to see it on Ian's face. Um, uh, uh, who was in the background? JP? Um, all of them, Tiffany, JP. Yeah. 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 And they're crying my eyes out at the time. And and I almost called you. I went, and Julie's there too. <laughs> yes, right. Ellen's there too. Both of us. We were there together. There's a whole group of people yeah. who knew and loved yeah. Dan. Um, yeah, and I I think also the choice, you know, visually having that one one trickle of blood. You know, it wasn't again. It wasn't gratuitous. And I remember, you know, makeup was pale. Um, and that also the scene, you know, the soft spoken, I don't want to die mm. was also done so subtly and so well, and yeah. it was believable. Um, and I remember, you know, the sight of blood was also a little much for me and I was quite affected by it. And I said to you guys, before we started, you were like, well, did you remember the episode? And I was like, well, no, I went through a trauma. So yeah, like <laughs> it, you know, to be able to not, not to get too you know, I'm um, uh, into sort of that, that like what is an actor moving through, but in order to make that real, I had to believe that my boyfriend was overdosing and dying. Yeah. And so that is a thing that I feel I experience, at mm. least as a shadow, right? Not as me, Julie, in my life, but almost in the dream life, which is sort of where I feel like I store my acting experiences. So that was quite real. So the idea that I might've forgotten this experience, it's, it is something I feel like I went through. And, you know, it's also hard to forget being part of this iconic show, yeah. you know, so that's, it's, it's married to that experience. But, you know, Chip, I, I remember how delicately you wanted to play all of that. You know, we should point out one thing. It, it was a sweeps episode, so of course we really we trusted with the cheese. You know, that was a big deal for us because those are the money balls, so to speak. 
And so, yeah, and I'm sure the Fox PR department, I didn't see the ad for it, but I'm sure it was like, somebody's going to die tonight. And we were like praying that they wouldn't like show who it would be at least. They, yeah. like, we didn't tell them they would show it. You know, you know but, uh, uh, I, think, Larry, I think you're right. I think now that I just clearly came to me, I think now I remember it being a promo like, we lose someone special, like it might be a cast. You know what I mean? Oh, right. like, we lose someone special. <laughs> yeah, where people are like, wait a minute, what's going on? I know. Well, Is you know, Steve dying? Right. <laughs> I know. But yeah, but sweep, you know, that was, you know, we, you know, that we had to kind of really, everything was leading to sweeps, those four episodes for us. Right. So it was, those were important. And, and, I want to get uh, your take, Dan, on that scene, the scene where your character dies. Well, I was, I was going to ask Chip, I don't know, did we have a technical person, like a person on the set or anything? Because I just don't remember if there was any. No. Was there? No, we didn't. That was you. Yeah, so, you know, I wonder, because I, I really don't remember, um, you know, I remember being in the bathroom and stuff. I don't really remember it or thinking about it or whatever I thought about, but I'm sure probably... I, I somehow looked up what it was like where I know I had seen movies where, and I get informed a lot by movies, right, where somebody had done a heroin overdose or something like that, the rolling of the eyes and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure that I found that or saw that in a movie, most likely, which informed me. You know, and it was a, a movie about, like, you know, I can't remember if it was the, I can't remember which one it was, but there was, like, my private Idaho, maybe, or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 sure, yeah, yeah. private yeah. Idaho, yeah. Well, it had to be resonant. I, yeah, William yeah. Burroughs was in that. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not sure if it was that movie or it was certainly a movie like that, but I know that I, you know, there wasn't an internet back then, so we couldn't check things like that, but but uh, but I'm sure that that's how it informed me about the oh, eye oh, thing. Drugstore Cowboy, maybe. Might have been Drugstore Cowboy. Drugstore Cowboy, yeah, that sounds like what it was. Yeah. So, so, so it was something like that where I, where I had seen something to where, I did that, and obviously Chip was okay with it. But it wasn't he would have told me don't do that. I'm sure. <laughs> I, I would. I would have said stop acting. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> no, I, I assume that was a swing set on the uh, on on our stage, like connected to the Peach Pit, uh, right? Chip yeah, connected. Yeah. It is connected. Yeah, yeah. It was just yeah. So, so we had some control of that. Yeah, that was uh, was really well done because uh, it, it tied the other people in too. Real quick before we continue on this, Larry, there's another storyline that's happening in this episode, right? Many, many storylines, yeah. Where Claire and uh, Kelly are out, and uh, they're at the spa. They're at the spa, right? And it's Palm Springs or Palm Desert. It's Well, there is a a mistake I saw in this episode. At one point, they say uh, in the opening, uh, Donna says, why don't you want to go to Palm Desert? And then uh, then later on, they say they're going to Palm Springs. But anyway, there's these two. about 15 miles apart or something. You know what? There's these two guys that are hitting on uh, Claire and uh, and Kelly, and we have one of them. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. fantastic! How you doing? <laughs> hey Joe. So hey Joe. Hi Joe. What's going Hello. on? Yeah, they were part of the comedy runner, which then you know we uh, we you know because you know again we separated. Hey Chip, do you think this was a double up episode? Also, do you think this could have been? I don't think this was. I think okay. I think last week's the one you did last week was. Yeah, yeah. maybe not. Sorry, sorry, Joe. Do you remember Chip, Joe? I do. Yeah. In fact, you know, you said there was a mistake in the episode. It was actually two mistakes. Thank you. And, <laughs> I wrote it. It's all right. And this is a funny thing exactly. about it. So I did this thing where I'm playing the guy, you know, hit with Richie Ricolo, who ended yep. up on uh, Two Guys, A Girl, in a Pizza Place with yep. uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yep. 
Um, and I ended up like about two months later doing an episode with him on that thing. Um, but you know, I played him and I are, are hitting on them and it doesn't work out. So we get dusted by the girls in Palm desert, Palm Springs about a year. Or so later, I get a call from my agent said, they want you to come back on 90210. And I'm like, okay, I don't know how you reprise that character, but uh, I'll be interested. And they said, okay. I'm like, great. So it turns out it's in Vegas. And I'm like, okay, uh, Palm Desert, Palm Springs, Vegas, I guess. Well, it was a different character. Yeah. So I ended sense. up also in Dealer's Choice, hitting on Kelly again. This time I do pretty good gambling with her, win a grip of cash, but then she kind of sees a bride in the middle of the casino and goes off with her, uh, takes away and, and dusts me again twice. Twice from Kelly. Wow, there's two different people. It just shows you that there was no memory. Uh, there was a memory drain after the seventh season to the eighth season. You love saying things like uh, that. Yeah, well, since they were there to defend the eighth season, we have to say that now. We can officially say it. They didn't know what they were doing. But it's so good that you got the part. They must have liked you. You were a good-looking uh, guy with a good sense of humor. So. It was fun, man. I agree. You know, my roommate back then was uh, Ryan Brown, who played uh, Munch. Oh, Munch. Yeah. Oh. We love Munch. Hopefully he's listening. Yeah, so, I, so, I know he moved back up to Seattle, but he was a great dude. And I had my own company at the time, and I remember that first time I was on with you guys, I had worked all night, and then I had to get there early. And I remember leaving the set late. It was out in like, uh, I don't know, it wasn't yeah, no, in Palm Desert or Palm Springs. But then I remember having to go to work, like finish up a whole project that night and then turn around the next day. I was kind of a zombie. But I remember you guys were fan you guys were fantastic. Everyone was great. Brian Austin Green was 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 an awesome dude. And I ended up seeing him out and about. And uh, Ryan Brown and Jason were good friends. So uh, we went golfing a couple times. But yeah, great memories, man. I'm, it's good. To, and then Dan, I don't know if you remember. We would always end up testing for soap operas together. Like you and I, I think were I, I think you were in Days of Our Lives too at that test. Oh, and then I remember you <laughs> parking lot testing for Young and Restless. You know, I never you and I just got to know each other a little bit. As, you know, we were always here. We are again. This is the best yeah, thing yeah. we can do. You know, it's so fascinating because when I watched the episode, Greg Vaughn was uh, was giving me chest compressions. That's right. <laughs> exactly. And, and Greg and I did a bunch of celebrity stuff together, and we used to BS and stuff. We never talked about this. I think we completely forgot that we were in the episode together. Really? I looked on there. I mean, maybe we did, and I just don't remember. Maybe if you had saved your life, you might have remembered. Yeah, I was like, I was thinking maybe you were mad. I told my wife, I'm like, Greg Vaughn is giving me chest compressions. We've never talked about that. I can't believe that. Chip, where'd you shoot that, the spa stuff? Stuff was lo- it was all local. It was all it was someplace. Ho- hotel, yeah. It was someplace in the a Sportsman, nice hotel, Sportsman's yeah. Lodge. Sportsman's I, Lodge. I, swear to God, I think it was out in Woodland Hills or something. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it was local for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, can't, I, I as I was telling Pete, uh, I was in jury duty writing part of this episode, and the, some of the, my my jury duty mates were at least web designers, you know, because this was like '96 or something. No one really knew what this stuff was, but I said, "Oh, this is good. I'm going to make up a story about this guy." He was telling me his life, and I thought it'd be pretty funny. Have these kind of guys and trying to pick up girls, but they're web designers, you know. <laughs> yeah, so jury. And then the Ukrainian things are kind of, you know, it was, it was chip. We sold it pretty good, especially. I love the scene where the Ukrainian folk dance team walks by them on the bus. You see all the girls go by. Two girls are sitting there going. Uh, <laughs> I know it was very. <laughs> and Kathleen had a wonderful accent. I thought. 
I was gonna. I like the part where she's teaching Jenny the accent. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, you do it like this, and I was like, that's that's actually that's great. That works well for me. I'm picking up dialects. That's great. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. For Joe and Dan, um, working with Kathleen, um, obviously it's no secret I'm a super fan of Kathleen Robertson, so I'll say that in advance. Uh, but <laughs> Joe, Joe, do you remember doing the stuff with her and, and Jenny? Yeah, I remember they were they were fancy. It's funny. It was my daughter. Believe it or not, I'm on the HOA board and we're having a board meeting here, so here we are. I got you. I've got one tomorrow. But, uh, and there's dog is furious about infuriated about whatever's happening. Yeah, I pushed, I pushed the board meeting at you know a half hour so to squeeze this in, but yeah. my dog's not happy about it. But anyway, yes, I do remember, and I remember Jenny Garth because I started a company in Tempe, Arizona, and she had an acting coach. She's from Paradise Valley, Arizona, and I met her through her original acting coach years earlier. So it was kind of fun to, I don't know, reconnect with her there. But yeah, they were great. I mean, it really was. There was just a charm to everything they did, you know, on the set, off the set, the wardrobe people, craft service. It was just, it's it's hard to put a finger on it, but there was just a certain charm that it had. And, and Dan, I, knew, I was on Saved by the Bell too. Saved by the Bell had the same thing, man. They just had this this little charm to it. It was kind of cool. Dan, how about you? That's what I was talking about, Tiffany, because she was on Saved by the Bell. I played her boyfriend on Saved by the Bell. Then we were in 90210, and then we did the son-in-law together. She played my girlfriend in the son-in-law. Or not, but like I think so. It was like we did like a bunch of things. Yeah, and she whispered in my ear in the episode in Vegas. I mean, it just a talk about baby. And Dan and I adopted a kid from Paraguay. Yeah. Dan, what about working with Kathleen? Uh, you did some stuff with her through the series. Yeah, I, I think now that I remember the when we were out um, doing the the crew, the, rowing the crew thing, we got like on a, a little boat and together and had a scene, right? Just the that's two right. Of us. She was the coxswain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I think I wrote like, that too. That's right. Uh, so yeah, you know, you said you mentioned that about that. First off, that's just such a beautiful spot right there down there. Um, yeah. Really. Also, it was really fun to learn a little bit about that and to get one of those boats and actually try it. It's a lot difficult, more difficult than people think. But um, yeah, it was super fun. She was great. Obviously, she was she was wonderful. And it's nice thing. She's a very very talented person. She looks gorgeous in this one too. Stunning as always. Uh, well, we, we got some good lights, man. Shining off the water and stuff. It was pretty. You could tell when it was being shot. It was. Uh, no, we depended on our athletic actors, you know what I mean, like to pull stuff off. And when sometimes we made the mistake of not like, you know, really probing whether they could do it, we really fell on our face sometimes. But uh, most most of the time, you know, seven out of eight, eight, eight actors uh, could pull off the stuff we asked. Uh, you guys, though, you know, no matter what they say in casting, like, do you know how to uh, drive a car, ride a horse? You usually say yes. I mean, speak, <laughs> speak rush, speak Russian, you know. Um, I know. got in. I got in trouble for that. I was cast in a um a show called uh, Special Ops Force, which the first season was Soldier of Fortune, and I was brought in for the second season with Dennis Rodman. Was you know Dennis <laughs> and I were gonna like make the whole show work, and uh, and they had said you know can you rollerblade, you know, and I was like yeah I totally <laughs> no idea. So. <laughs> So I just said, you know, the night before my first shoot, I said, well, can I just, I just want to like break in the blades to make sure they work. I spent all night in my hotel, back and forth, up and down the hallway, grabbing onto the sides of the hallway, trying not to die, rollerblading, 
they kept me rollerblading. I think for the first episode and like by the third, they were like, just cut. That is not going to happen. She's going to die. We don't, no one wants to see that. Julie, I want to ask you, you are your cousin's, uh, Jessica's client's cousin, right? But so what's your, what's your uh, entry into getting cast on this show and in this arc? I mean, my experience, the whole the whole history of my relationship, my love for my cousin Jessica, is is a wild story, and I'll I'll try to tell it briefly. Um, we did not know each other existed. Right? I had no idea. I think she's my second cousin, or second cousin once removed, or something. Um, the long family story is that my grandmother, when I graduated college, sent my photograph to her mother who is Jessica's mom, who then sent it to Jessica. And she was like, that looks like a person who should be doing things. I don't, and she called me up out of the blue and said, I, I, don't, I don't know you. I don't know if you can do anything. Um, I'm going to send you to go meet with some people and see if you're any good. And I was like, who's this? That sounds great. So that ended up opening a lot of doors for me because the person I met with happened to be Susie Betzel Horgan, who was um, running One Life to Live at the time. And they ended up writing in um, a part and I ended up working on the show. And from there, I ended up getting an agent. There were, there were a whole lot of wonderful things that, that fell into place because of my cousin. Mm. Um, by the time she said, you know, you should come out to Los Angeles and see if there's anything for you. Um, I thought that sounded great. I remember, I think I auditioned for one of the larger roles. I want to say maybe it was um, Jill's. Oh, I think, Tracy. I, I, think, I think it was, yeah, I think it was Tracy. Um, and then I remember when Ellen came up and I remember Jessica just saying, I will have nothing to do with this casting. And I know she walked out of the room and she has held very strongly for years that she had nothing to do with it. Well, we always. I am that, not here to police this. We always believe in giving, you know, friends or people we really believe in access, and then they have to do it themselves. After that, they get them, right. get them the audition, and then they'd be able to do it. Plus, well, it was, really it was a it. Chuck Rosen show, so and an Aaron Spelling show, so it was built on nepotism, right. and we understood it. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, you know, I had been a fan of the show before I even know I, and before I knew I had a cousin who worked on it. It was really a wild experience. And so I had been a fan of the show and then my first episode was airing and I absolutely had everyone I know pile into my right. tiny New York apartment to stare at the television screen. And it was remarkable. And and and, and just like the guys are saying, everyone was so lovely and, and welcoming. Um, Ian and I had a really good rapport. Um, we, you know, I ended up, uh, I, I apologize, Dan. I, I did continue after you died. I had to get over some stuff. It was many episodes later, but it did happen. And 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 Ian was really lovely with me. And he and I ended up on um, an animated series years later. Nice. We did a Spider-Man series uh, for MTV and Sony many years ago. And so we were reconnecting in the room. Like, wait, hold on, we were just, we were hanging out together, you remember? Um, but he was always lovely and, and Jenny and Tori, everyone was so welcoming and kind. It didn't have that feeling of, oh, you know, you're just here for an episode or two. You know, you, you must be a small player. It's great, welcome to the family. How are we all hanging together? It was lovely. Dan, I'm curious about your perspective on that. Did you have the same experience of uh, feeling pretty welcomed on set as soon as you got there? Um, now, everybody was horrible to me. 
what are you doing here? You don't deserve to be here. No, it, it was everybody was great. Um, it was one of those shows. Like I said, Eric Spelling shows were just kind of like that. I did quite a few of them. Um, I think he had one called, you know, what was it, Wisteria Lane or something like that? I can't remember. Was that was that Desperate Housewives? Maybe Wisteria Lane was Desperate Housewives. There was another one called Some Lane or some or some street, Wisteria Street or something. I did one of those too. Um, and he he was always he was a very kind person. I remember when all the people, all the cast members, got up and did a tribute to him, you know, and talked about just how kind he was. He really championed actors, so he was really a great guy to uh, to have as a as a boss. Even though yeah. he was the big boss, you know, the main boss, um, he was very welcoming in auditions. I don't know if you guys ever auditioned for Aaron, but it was definitely an experience. Um, when I auditioned for Chip, that was actually at the set. Oh, when they had a producer's session, Aaron was, wasn't there. Yeah, Paul Wagner's uh, office, it would have been. But I used to go and audition for Aaron for my pilot. But I also did a pilot for Aaron where I was the lead that he hired me for a pilot as well. And so I used to go into his room. And I, like I said, I don't know if you guys ever auditioned for his, in his room, but it was it was pretty much an experience to go in there. They always had candy for everybody and waters. And it was so highly professional, like no other audition in town. Uh, for sure. And then it was also a penthouse. So it was like That's incredible. Funny opulent situation it was just amazing and so anyway his cast his cast and everybody in him uh really appreciated him and that showed what people showed up to the set they were incredibly welcoming and it was it was super fun to be on the set you know it's interesting like maybe seven years ago or something i auditioned for jenny um she was she had a, her own sitcom that she was like a new one that she what are you about you or what are you yeah. to producer and i i went in to read to be your boyfriend or something like this and, or maybe her husband. So I walked in and I, I sat down and read it. And when we started reading, she's like, whoa, whoa, hold on. I know who you are. <laughs> I said, because you're on, you're on 9200. Because I don't think that, I don't think we ever worked together on the show. So it was only in passing that we met or something, you know. So it, was, it wasn't necessarily that she remember, you know, right. who I was whatever. Because we didn't work together. Um, but it was, it, was, it was pretty funny because she stopped. She's like, wait, wait, wait a minute. You look really familiar. Were you on the show? You know, I didn't do know. Like, like, I remember you now. Like, so it's so great. She remembering. So there you go. That doesn't always happen. People don't always remember. Did right? you uh, get to kiss anybody on the show? I forget. It's, it's very I? important to me to remember these things. You kissed me. He did kiss it. Okay. Right. There was some kissing. <laughs> did I kiss you? You yeah, kissed me. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to think you remembered it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't remember. I don't think I. I don't think did I kiss Catherine. I don't remember. I'll tell you. I mean, yeah. Uh, was this the I, episode? I remember everybody that she kissed on that show. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this episode also has a really good kiss in it. It has a David Donna kiss in it, if I'm not mistaken, right? This goes yes. has, has the Marina stuff because we we we, tied, we did some more Marina stuff there, and it's a really important episode because uh, it gets David and Donna back together. She makes a right. choice and stuff. You really did that great, and it's an excellent kiss. Many sections in that kiss. I looked at it. We we examined a lot of the. Uh, the kisses of, of gone by days gone by and just kind of see what was really going on there because and 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 julie knows this it was such a, a you know i mean you know as an actress you saw the, the script you had to kiss somebody that's pretty much it you had nothing to say about it you didn't have you didn't have any kind of a choreographer they just kind of went at you and the guys you know you know let's face it i mean it was a it was a, a free store for a get for a guest actress in the show it, it could be rough a rough hazing i would say uh, I'm sure Chip, Chip probably witnessed this. that stuff. I'm sure. Uh, what well, you, what, I mean, 
One of the things on, on come on, on Julie, we're talking. Talk. <laughs> oh, no, I was gonna say, I, I was already coming from the soap opera world at the time. Yeah, I had already been on daytime a couple of soaps, and so, like, that's just baked into your contract. Yeah. Like, yeah. you are gonna <laughs> smooch anybody near you at any moment of right. time. Yeah, uh, right? Chip, go ahead. That's what were you gonna say? Oh, I was just gonna say, one of the things I really loved about the show was I. Tori got maybe some short shrift, but I love Tori and, and what she does. And and Tori and David on that dock, you know, coming together and that, that important kiss, moment. That was that was really good. And you, Larry, you had three. You had an A, a B, and a C story. Yeah. During an episode where somebody dies. I know. Uh, that's that's we, not. We, ba we balanced it well, and that's why that was. I mean that. You know, we were building to that uh, David not getting back together. That was going to take us all the way through to graduation and where she's got to lose her virginity. Uh, so, yeah, that was a big moment. I had forgotten totally that it happened in that episode, and it just really played great. And, and it gave, you know, so you had the comedy with, uh, you know, with, with Joe and, and, and Richard Ricolo and the, and the girls in, in the desert. And then you had this other thing, which was strong. And then and Jason Priestley had to play the Boy Scout in this one. I thought he did a great job with it. I mean, you know, Jason always committed to these things, and it, and it just, you know, like you said, it had it had honesty in it, and uh, and I think uh, maybe that's why it, it did win the war because you know you think about Ian's performance there, and he kind of, uh, you know, I mean, he was going to have he just looked so much up to uh, to to Dick that you know he probably was going to have some too. If Dick said it was good, what the heck, you know, perfect peer pressure, you know, it's you know, yeah. Phi Beta the guys a Phi Beta Kappa going to Stanford. I mean, how bad could it be? And he thinks Brandon it's be great. Uh, Brandon was very offended by pot. You know what I mean? You know, it was a different time then. You know what I mean? Go ahead, yeah, he, he he tolerated it. Yeah. But but uh, I don't. Brandon, neither Brandon nor Ian were smoking. Um, they were all clean. They were both clean. Uh, it was just when um, it is just when when Dick's dead. Uh, <laughs> just when he came along, and it was a little bit. Oh, this is fine. This is fine, and uh, well, they're getting older. It's senior year, you know. You know, they're, you know, they're not kids yeah. anymore. But now, now you're getting into something on a TV show 24 years ago that is now um, a very, very deadly problem. Yeah. Could be oxycotton or fentanyl. Sure, yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. so this is these are the drugs of choice. You know, unfortunately, I had a son who, you know, while this was being shot and stuff, probably was doing heroin. Um, he was an addict for 14 years. He's been on the show, and he's he's a therapist now in that in the recovery industry. So yeah, and he has to face stuff like that all the time. Yeah, Chip, I wanted to ask you about getting the you mentioned the three plots going on at one time, the the A, B, and C stories. Whatever. When you get a script like that, are you like I, I don't even know where to start? Like, no. what, what is it like for you? Yeah. No, it's it it at first it's always like a puzzle. Right. But um, it really, if, if it's well written, it's so delineated that when you're going to go play basketball with with JP and um, that's that's a, a whole thing there, uh, you know that's going to arc. Um, when you've got um, when you've got the girls going out to uh, Palm Springs, Palm Desert, um, you know that's going to arc as well. So I I didn't have any problems switching back and forth. Well, it gives rhythm when you when you did it right. It, it created its own rhythm and stuff. And and plus, you know, again, we had to serve the characters. There's a lot of characters, so and so, and it's uh, you know that was uh, what we usually did. And unlike last week's story, which uh, 
uh, which you missed, Chip. Uh, the song from my mother. We had Carol Lagerfeld on. Carol, I watched it, and that was an episode. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It's like an episode. It's such an outlier. Like half the cast isn't even in it. It's yes. just basically. Yeah. Well, that was that was a double up, but it was. Yeah. Uh, Caroline and, and Matthew and Brian in the in the scene in the alley. Yes. Um, yeah. Just. Yeah. Just I mean, beautiful. I mean, yeah. wow. Uh, hey everyone, listen. I gotta get going. But oh, sorry, hey, Joe. Yeah. Say, listen. Thank you for letting me be a part of it twice. Um, it, was, it was a great experience, and uh, I really appreciate Peter. You uh, yeah, man. give me a shout and finding me through IMDb. And um, hey, um, best of luck if you guys are doing an episode on Dealer's Choice. I got a couple good nuggets from that one. Cool. So that's good to know. You know, part of the fun for us has been reuniting with uh, with all yeah. uh, comrades and old friends and stuff, and putting people together. Yeah. And uh, it's something we everyone should be proud of. Yeah, it was awesome. Thanks again, guys. Great. Good luck at the meeting. Good to see you, Joe. Yep. All right. Hello, Joe. Bye. All right. That's awesome. I was going to ask you, did you know, I can't remember if I knew that I was dying of a heroin overdose. I don't think so, right? No. Job? I don't think when so. you started, no, no, I don't think so. We no, I probably hadn't even thought of it yet. Get out just to get rid of me, or no? I'm just kidding. <laughs> seven out of thirteen. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, you know, again with the pressure of sweeps. Okay. I'm gonna just believe in my heart that it's that they already had tapped you from Melrose Place, so they had to kill you off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Now. Like I'm gonna create that rumor right now. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, I'm, 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 I'm the echoey one, so I don't know who the, who the echoey one is. Um, I'm I'm curious though for Dan. Uh, do you still and for Julie? Do you guys still get recognized from? I mean, maybe harder for you now, Dan, with the beard and all that. But for a long time, <laughs> did you guys get recognized from 90210, Julie? I mean, I did. I, I did. I I um the first episode I was in was uh, pledging my love. Uh, which is the fifth episode of this season. Um, and I was the sorority president in Donna's sorority. Um, so I got to hang with Tori a lot and she was wonderful. I worked probably more with her than with anyone. Um, and it was great. I also played in a relatively unlikable character in that episode. So I remember walking down the street I lived in New York at the time. I was coming back and forth to do the show or whatever I needed to do in Los Angeles. And I can we curse on this show? Yes, of course. Okay, great. Um, so I remember walking down the street in New York City and having someone go, you're a bitch. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> that is so sweet. I was so complimented. But I did. I had people who were, who were really fans of the show who would come up to me and say, how could... How could you not let that girl in your sorority? You you judged a book by its cover, and I was like, you watched the show, um, and that was really fun. And and you know, honestly, I I was just saying, um, Larry, how wonderful you are. Um, we the the experience the experience of being on the show itself. Yes, there were moments of being recognized, but it was also for me such a door opening experience. You know, I have had this whole career since then, and and I, it's never lost on me that it it really did begin in this wild and fun and wonderful way. And yeah, people recognized me from the show, but also it was fun for me to be able to know that I had been on it. Talk about a confidence booster. 
you know, I had, I was, this is 24 years ago. I was really just starting out. As you can tell, I'm only 12 now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it really did have that magic to it. And, um, and it was fun to have people yell at me on the street. That's the part you miss, Larry. How about you, Dan? Uh, I get recognition this, you know, I, I don't, I don't know, probably. I just don't know if it was, you know, because of like this, you know, like um, Teen Witch was such a big kind of cult thing that, you know, I, I got recognized and still to this day, which is crazy, get recognized from Teen Witch. Maybe not with my hair like this, but, but even cut and gray, it's still people are, everybody's always like, were you in a movie? Like, you know, like, like, uh, and, and so, yeah, but I probably, you know, when I was on the show, it probably happened within that year or something. I'm sure it happened like, sure. you know, you, you know, you did the drug overdose or something like that. Um, I'm sure it was something like that. Yeah. Larry, I got a couple of questions here. Steve wants to know, why didn't you use David Silver's new party pad more this season? Isn't that where Donna met the fireman? Well, we burned it down, didn't we? I mean, <laughs> I, I haven't, I, I'm not positive back to see that season again, but I, the housewarming, which I kind of just went through just to see the dick introduction, but I think we burned the house down, don't we? Or, or no? I don't know if it burns down, but a major, there is a major fire. I think, uh, look, a lot of things came to play there because that was a Mark Reese house also, which we uh, got to lose that character shortly after this one. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure how many episodes later Jobbed is, but that's the episode he leads. I think so, I directed that too. Oh, gosh. Uh, no. Oh, did you? I think Jason did. I think Jason did, actually. Oh, did Jobbed. he? Job, um, yeah, I think so. Mark Reese was. Well, do you remember what was about the college? Uh, the college recruitment. Uh, Yule Hauser was in it. That's how you would know. You got yeah. Great. Oh, you were in it. You you directed it. Fantastic. We just went through that one. It's terrific. This is the one where Mark Reese's character leaves the show. Yeah, uh, it's the Dryer Fellowship episode. Yeah. Yeah, actually, we did, you did direct because we were saying. The, the the whole dryer thing was you you really shot that fantastic the whole going through the whole long hallway and stuff and building up that tension mm -hmm. uh, yeah and then of course the great uh, blow off of of the uh, Mark Reese character by Kelly Taylor yeah which, uh, you know that again that was a, a left uh, a left turn for us we didn't expect that happening we've talked about that yes. here yeah, yeah yes we have what happens sometimes on sets where characters you think are going to be staying longer don't there was a kissing problem it was uh, a kissing problem a major kissing problem yes. <laughs> Chris wants to know why was Steve's hair messy and not combed for this episode? Was it to make him seem stoned? I guess. I mean, Chip, what do you think? I, I don't no, know. I, 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 I did it himself, maybe, you know, just to kind of, kind of loosen himself I, up. I think Ian would have done it himself because I never sent hair and makeup in to, to, to fix it. No, I uh, think that's a, that's a good pickup, Chris. I think I noticed that too, and I didn't, you know, I didn't think it, was, it didn't stay with me, but it's true. I think Ian as an actor did that, just feeling like he's just feeling looser. And again, he he really kind of idolized, you know, the the uh, the character of Dick. I love the scene with him sitting on the floor of the kitchen, um, and of course I love the final scene um, in the alley. Oh, oh yeah, with the yeah with the memorial. Yeah, right. right. Um, but, yeah, I mean that's good. I mean the whole bunks. I mean yeah, it was pretty cool. I, you know, he would have no reason to comb his hair. That would be exactly. the last thing he would think of. Right. Yeah. Chip, directing Ian and this stuff, how much did you have to do to get out of him, or is this, or is it all, is it Ian? It's all there. It, what really good actors will give you a little more than you want because it's easy to pull back. It's the actors who come in and don't give you quite enough. It's so hard to get them up to where you want them to be. 
Ian comes in super prepared, as everybody did on uh, 90210, and it's so easy to just pull back. But he he came into this one, and he was honest from the get-go. I mean, he was straight shooter. Mm. Wait a minute. Is that the name of the show? Yeah. <laughs> it was perfect. I what you did there, Tim. I didn't, I didn't do that. I didn't I do that. Mean- Yes, I get recognized on the street all the time. <laughs> Kristen says Dan was legit one of my favorites in the 90s. I love seeing him all over the place. Hottie. So there you go. You know, Kristen, we, we trust Kristen's word, too. So, uh, Someone's asking about the, ca- the actors improvising. I, I know probably for Dan and Julie there wasn't a lot of room there, but with, with Ian and Jason, Chip, were, were they – yeah, Jason. Uh, Jason was uh, producing by that time, right, Larry? Yeah, so he had a free hand to do that. You know, within reason. You know, not change. Well, but always the end of the scenes, though, they would always play off. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just keep the camera rolling, and they'd always uh, J JP would just Jason, sorry, would uh, Brandon uh, would always throw in a couple of very very natural throwaway lines and and we always kept them yeah, and, and some of the censors left let us let, let happen you know because yeah. usually, usually they'd be very double entendre well speaking of maggie says i wonder how many takes they it took when they did when they said brandon says they must all be here for dick <laughs> <laughs> a lot of great she picked that up. I thank you, Maggie. Yeah. Um, boy, you take that one, Chip. <laughs> um, There's a lot of great jokes here in this. Thing. Yeah, yeah, too many. Uh, they must all be here for Dick. Um, <laughs> well, it was written. Exactly. That was not an improvised line. No, that was kind of just a little joke. Yeah, I'm sorry. I apologize. It's okay. Well, that's that's a pretty deep double entendre there. Yeah. Right? Hey, Larry, do you remember where you named the Ellen and uh, and and Dick Harrison? Do I remember what naming them? Naming them? Yeah. I think Ellen Fogarty was her name. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we just kind of thought we needed an Irish character. You know, we hadn't had any Irish characters other than the Walshes. Um, but, no, uh, you know, just you know, Dick just kind of came. You know, it was just, again, a real all-American name, Dick Harrison. Yeah. You know. Cool. Easy, uh, easy to get approved. Hey, Dan, I want to let you talk about your acting school. I know we didn't say that we were going to do that, but it's, it's great. Um, talk to me and tell us about your school and what you're teaching and how do people find out about all that? Uh, so it's dangotactingstudio.com. There's a website, and we have a studio in Cathedral City, California. And uh, I do a lot of it online, do a lot of Zoom, um, especially over the last year. For sure. So Zoom uh, right now, we're not even up yet. We're, we're starting again in, in July, hopefully, um, now that everybody or most people are vaccinated. Uh, I am. Um, I got vaccinated a long time ago, but but we still, you know, it took a while for everybody to get there. So yes. um, hopefully we start again. And uh, I'm doing a lot of coaching for, for kids that are, a lot of kids too, a lot of kids that are on uh, television and stuff. And um, so I have a, a pretty good class. Uh, it's not something I thought I would end up uh, wanting to do, but, uh, you know, uh, I really enjoy coaching people and helping them find themselves and become very confident. And I'm all about, that's why I said that about to Chip earlier on, you know, I'm really about finding confidence and trusting yourself as an individual. And how much that helps you, not just in acting, but just throughout life, you know, just accepting who you are and kind of celebrating yourself and, 
And uh, that's the way I coach. And that's what I, I work on. Very organic, improvisational. It's much more improvisational. I don't mean improvisational, just changing dialogue. I mean improvisational emotionally. So just being able to really free form and, and like a jazz musician, just really being able to, to play off of your environment and the people around you, to listen first and to really just react, mean what you say, say what you mean, and be honest, organic, and truthful, like Chip was talking about. Um, Dan, I, is there anything you picked up from working on 90210 that you will sometimes share with uh, your, your students at all? Um, just that specifically, I mean, you know, I have I had a lot of experience. I've had a lot of experience of just being working actor through the 90s and 2000s and late 80s. Um, and so it's just kind of all those things. I mean, a perfect example would be that I would use what I would use the difference between being in an environment that doesn't make you feel welcome or doesn't make you feel, um, you know, have confidence and being in one that does. And so I might use that like Chip, for instance, as a director. I, I haven't used his name specifically, but I've used people like Chip as Chip himself, people that, that bring a, or have an environment on the set that makes you feel confident and makes you feel like you can take chances or or just uh, makes you believe in yourself, you know, mm. because at the end of the day, and I'm sure Chip can, can attest to this, at the end of the day, all directors and producers and writers want is actors that have an opinion and that are confident so that they can be confident on the set because it makes their job easier. So if Chip comes up to me and says, hey, Dan, try this, if I'm confident, it's like, sure, no problem. Because I feel like I can do anything. If I'm questioning myself, it's harder to get more out of it, right? Right. So, so it's all about confidence and stuff and, and working on that and just trusting yourself. And so, yeah, this, you know, working with Chip, working on, on, on different shows where that was available. And then, you know, sometimes in, in the world, it's not there. You don't have that kind of support and it's, and it's not a lot of fun to be on those sets. But uh but that's pretty much uh, the kind of stuff that I that I talk about, that I promote, and that I try to get people um, to find themselves. So and it's a powerful thing. Confidence. <laughs> it's absolutely, great. it's awesome. Hey, Julie, people are asking if you do teach, teach any VO uh, workshops or anything of that nature. I actually do now. It wasn't something I had done prior to this past uh, fifteen months. Uh, twilight zone in which we've been living um, but I finally said yes as people had been asking me to coach for a long time so I've um, I've taught for a couple of different places I'm teaching at voice one which I think will still be um, virtual which is a, a school in San Francisco I think I'm doing one in the fall I've taught for um, uh, let's see those uh, several different places and I do a little bit of private coaching but honestly I'm I'm I keep myself pretty busy with my own sure. um, acting career, so it's a little bit of here and there. Um, but I, I really have enjoyed doing the teaching. I have to say that my my own way of teaching is less didactic. Um, I'm not really big into sort of a how-to <laughs> when it comes to voiceover or, or for myself for acting in general. I don't um, consider myself credentialed to do that. It's also not really where I think my passion lies. I like to help people find what makes them feel the most connected with a character because mm. that's where the joy is. So um, a lot of my classes end up being called Inspiring the Joy or Find the Joy. Yeah. Because to me, even if I'm playing um, a villain, I, you know, because again, I 
I moved from the on-camera to the off-camera, the voiceover. I play big, ferocious creatures, and I play little kids, and I play, you know, villains, and I play superheroes and, um, and soldiers. Um, and and in each character, I have to find something um, that helps me empathize with that character. And there's always something. There's always something that that if I'm truthful with myself, um, is is a moment, an experience, a relationship a feeling to which I can relate. And in that moment, I can make it real for myself. So I try to imbue that in, in the students that I'll work with. And, and if I you know, have an interview, I'll try to, to talk about that too. A lot of people love voiceover and want to do it. Um, a lot of my advice is usually be kind, have fun, keep the passion, keep it new, keep it fresh. Um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be the only thing you do. It can be an approximation. Right. Right. There, there are you know, I think there are a smaller number of us who are true career voice actors, but there are so many people who get to do it here and there, and there is an abundance of work. Mm. Um, so those are things that, that I feel are important. And again, just really staying excited by it. My agents laugh at me. I've been doing this for a long time, and I still get excited every single time they tell me I have a job. And I am a lucky person, excuse me, while I knock on wood <laughs> but like i work with frequency and they're like oh julie you're gonna be on this cartoon i'm like really they're like yes <laughs> just like yesterday and i'm like right. but it's amazing yeah so i love that i think holding on to that is is for me more precious than the attitude of yeah i work i'm sorry i was just i don't remember what i did i like to stay giddy about it because it's true and because it keeps me honest and because i don't need the ego yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, Lisa asked a question to all of you, to Chip, Dan, and Julie, if you guys ever look back on things and say, I wish I would have done it a little bit like this. Do you guys ever critique yourselves 20 somewhat years later? Chip. Yes, yes, but only because when I finish with my director's cut, I'm done. I have to give it to the editors and the producers and and fortunately with uh with mr spelling he was very good at this but they would change things and change shots and change angles and i'd look at that on tv and go oh did i oh my god that's not the way we left it uh, but they always work out great I, mean, I don't regret anything that i've done of course right how about for you julie uh, you know, it's funny with um, with on camera, yes. With voiceover, no. Um, and that's you know, for me, it is so much less self conscious to be at the microphone. And I have seen, I don't know if it was like Law and Order or something. I wish I could remember what it was, but I caught an episode of something I was in, and I watched myself, like the cameras here. And I saw myself tuck my hair behind my ear and I was like, bullshit. You know you need hair to be out of your face. That is not what the character is doing right then. And like that kind of thing, I I do feel, I guess I have that awareness of that self-awareness, of that self-consciousness, which now, you know, now for me it's in motion capture, performance capture, and I have sure. to really check myself. I'm like, well, there are all these cameras on me and I every single movement I do matters and it's my job to stay as 
you know, present as possible. But I noticed that I remember seeing that and being like, ah, oh, bullshit. <laughs> that character didn't need to put her hair behind her ears. She knew where that camera was. <laughs> How about you, Dan? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, 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 you know, I, I'm really far away from that stuff now because I, I, I just work so improvisationally now, and I don't, I don't mean just like changing dialogue. I just accept everything that happens, mistakes. Sure. You know, when I was younger, when I was on this show, when I was working as a young actor, I tried to be perfect. I tried to uh, do it right. I tried to do all those things that a young actor, well, at least for me anyway. Um, was something that I that I was really working at because I thought that was the approach. That's the way you should do it, you know. And um, and so I've just become more relaxed with with uh, allowing things to happen and just being present, you know. I mean, she talks about being present, you know. I'm just I'm just much more improvisational because I'm present from moment to moment. I'm just trying not to act is what I'm really trying to do. I'm trying to yeah. be a person, trying to be a human being. And so and so I accept more. And so it's nice. It takes a lot of pressure off you when you accept more. When you accept mistakes and look forward to them and don't try to be perfect, acting is a lot more inspiring and a lot more fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you're trying to do all those things, it's not quite as fun because, yeah. because you're worried all the time. You, you add stress to your oh, life. Yeah. I'm anxious. So, yeah. yeah, so sure, looking back. But now looking back at things that I've done, I accept them more. So. Hey, Larry, I want to ask you before we go, there's the other part of the storyline, which we really didn't jump into, but you know the the uh, the Martins can't seem to have a brunch that is a normal brunch. You know, no, the Martins. You know, look, it's, it's, you know, yeah. Whenever we have a brunch, you know, something bad's going to happen. But uh, yeah, you set up a nice brunch on the marina. You know, we were in the marina, a beautiful day there on the boat. We used it up really well. And and again, we have a storyline here where Felice actually likes a guy for Donna, which is right. a great situation because she's so critical. And the lovely Catherine Cannon has been on many times with us, Chip. She's just terrific. Uh, and unfortunately, I don't think Michael Durrell has. We, we worry about his health. We don't know for sure, but he's, we, he hasn't been able to come on for health reasons. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that stuff that stuff is, is you know, works out great. I mean, uh, because, again, this was such a big part of the storytelling for the season was that David and Donna were going to get back right. together. This must be like episode, I don't know, maybe like 21 or 22, you know, so we have 32. So, you know, we can really get them there and start rolling toward this inevitable losing their virginity thing, which is a, a major, major thing in yeah. this series. Really good stuff. Uh, Chip, do you remember doing some of that stuff with Brian and Tori? I mean, that's a really big, big moment for 90210 world, you know, those two characters uh, of David and Donna. We talked a little bit about it. I, uh, it is, and that's one of, one of the things I was saying about uh, about Tori. Tori got Tori when you when you sit and talk with her, she is so honest. She is. You look at her, and she's just truly, truly honest. And David can't say enough about David. Um, so I don't know if I led it directed anything that led up directly to to that season ender. Um, but uh, um, well, you had done song for your mother, which was the episode before, or a couple episodes before this one, where kind of you know she's with Ray, but you know David's there, and we have the we're playing the triangle, which was part of our storytelling, you know, that we did, and uh, you know they're starting to get closer, and then here, it's just they just can't help themselves; they really do love each yeah. other, and uh, that's that's our fans. We we knew 
we knew that's one thing for sure. We knew that they were going to end up together. Right. That's I, I really, really, I, I'm so sorry I missed last week. I really am because um, that was one of my favorites too. Uh, but uh, because you, you, you really tackled so much all in 43 minutes. Uh, I, I forget. I mean, yeah, I mean, this, you know, it's amazing. 43 minutes of the hour. So, yeah, 17 minutes for commercials. Yep. Yeah. All right, guys. I think we've covered this episode pretty good. Uh, Lisa also wanted to say that, Dan, you did amazing work uh, in this episode. So. Yeah, and you, and you look great, too. I mean, I, again, the, the athletic ability is just always great. I love that basketball stuff. Oh, the game was great. Jason, was, uh, you know, Jason always looked great in sports. I mean, he was, was such I a good athlete. There at that time, so that was a big deal to play because I was playing a lot. So I enjoyed that. Yeah, you know, and I love the shot. You know, which is kind of like the basketball diaries for uh, Jim Carroll. You know, the Jim Carroll book where he's, he's playing. He's on. He's on heroin, and he shoots the basketball over the hoop. And I was I had forgotten that, but I was a big Jim Carroll fan. I, I laughed at that too because I had forgotten about that too. It's like feed me, man. <laughs> feed me, man. And he throws it over, the, yeah, over yeah. the basket. Yeah, that's sweet. I forgot it's, about that it's as pure well. Pure Jim Carroll, if you know the basketball. Yeah. Diary. Well, I, I read that book when I was in junior high, like every other normal American kid. I would yeah, call. yeah. Something's going on here. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Uh, Larry, there is one more thing people want me to ask you about, that Valerie is being interviewed by some uh, magazine in this episode as well. And it all comes Oh, yeah, yeah. The head, head, you know, yeah, great time die. to be interviewed just when someone's going to die in your club. Yeah, think, you know, <laughs> it's kind of, you know, again, keep keep churning it up. It sweeps. Yeah. <laughs> really good stuff, guys. Julia, it's really wonderful to see you. Dan, amazing work by everybody. Chip, I can't wait to have do more with you. Maybe Larry and I can do an interview with you about last week's episode, just the three of us, and uh, we'll chit-chat about that in the Patreon we have uh, and get your insight on that. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, this was great. We good will see you, see you all again uh, next Thank week. You. Have a good night. Thank you so much. Thanks Thank for you. having me. Yep. Bye, Bye.